Well, normally I would encourage you to take a Bible in the pew and open it at this point, but there are no Bibles in the pew, so we're going to read from God's Word, and it'll be up on the screen. And we're reading from the book of Jeremiah this morning, Jeremiah chapter 29. We're going to read verse 1, and then we're going to go to verse 4 and read verses 4 to 11. This is God's Word. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. This is the word of God and we're going to pray now and ask God to speak to us through this part of the Bible that we've just read. Let's pray and ask him to speak. Loving God, the Bible is so big and it is so old but it is full of the words that you want to say to us today. What do these old words we've read from Jeremiah mean for our lives today, we wonder? Well, please send your spirit now and teach us so that we can understand and live in light of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, do you remember the place we all used to live nine months ago? Do you remember that place? It was good, wasn't it? Do you remember that place where you could meet a stranger and shake their hand? How radical. Do you remember that place where you could come to church and you could sit wherever you wanted, right at the back for most of you, you could sit wherever you wanted, beside whoever you wanted, as close to them as you wanted? Do you remember that place? It was good, wasn't it? Do you remember that place whenever the only time you wore a face mask was at, if you were at the spa with the girls? Or if you're a man, stand on the wooden floor in your house, very masculine. Do you remember that place? That place that we lived nine months ago? It was good, wasn't it? And we all long to be there, don't we? We all wish we could go back to that place we lived. But now we live in a new place. We now live in a place of perspex screens everywhere. 
We live in a world of face masks. We live in a world of hand sanitizer. The people who make that are rubbing their hands. Sorry for the joke. But we live in a place that is totally different. A place where we need to stay away from others. This place we now live, it feels so strange, doesn't it? It feels so weird. It even feels a little bit unsafe. Do you remember the place we used to live? We long to go back there, don't we? But the reality is that we are now living in a whole new world. But you know what, folks? We're not the first people to be in this situation. We're not the first people to be in a situation like this. No, what the Bible tells us is that two and a half thousand years ago, that's a long time, isn't it? Two and a half thousand years ago, there were people who were in a similar position to us. Now, there wasn't a global pandemic. They hadn't been carried to a new place by coronavirus, but they had been carried to a new place by an invading army. Two and a half thousand years ago, there was a little nation called Judah. This little nation was surrounded by bigger nations, and they'd been at war for lots of years. But then one day, a superpower took over all the nations that surrounded Judah. This superpower was called Babylonia. And to give you a picture of what happened to Judah, I want you to imagine that England and Scotland and Wales and the Republic of Ireland have all been taken over by China. I want you to imagine that China or Russia are on the advance. They're taking land everywhere and they have taken over the nations that surround us. That's what had happened to this little nation called Judah. They'd been surrounded by the Babylonians. And the Babylonians one day set their eye on Judah. They went in initially to the capital city. And you know what they did? They took all the clever people. And they took all the rich people. They took the elite people. And they took them out of Jerusalem. And they brought them to their capital city, Babylon. And their strategy was very simple. We'll get these guys to work here. And they can make money for us. So the people in Jerusalem, the elite people, were carried away, kicking and screaming to this new place. And then 10 years later, they came back and they took everyone else. Everyone in this little place called Judah was taken away, kicking and screaming, to a city 600 miles away called Babylon. And it was a strange place. They didn't speak the language. They didn't know the customs. They didn't worship the gods that were there. And Babylonians were enemies of these people in some way. So every time they walked down the street, they felt a little bit uneasy, a little bit afraid. Kicking and screaming, they'd been taken 600 miles to Babylon. Do you see the similarity here? Babylonians haven't invaded, but this little virus has. And this little virus has taken us kicking and screaming to this new place we now live. I think we'd be lying if we said we didn't feel unsafe sometimes in this new world we live in. I think we'd be lying if we said we didn't find it strange or weird or uneasy. You and I sitting here today are in a similar situation to the people who got taken away to Babylon 
two and a half thousand years ago. What's interesting in the Bible, it has lots of different types of literature. And one of the Psalms was actually written by the people, they're called exiles who lived in Babylon, who were from Judah. And and listen to what it says. It says, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept as we remembered home. As they remembered what home was like, they wept. Maybe this morning, you can relate to that. Maybe at some point over the past 18 weeks, you have wept for how life was. You've wept because you know that life going forward is going to be different. Maybe this morning you're here, and yes, you're glad to be here, but inside, maybe you feel very, very sad this morning. Because even church isn't how it was. God's people in Babylon, they wept as they remembered what life was like not so long ago. We're similar to them. Different, but similar. And it's not just our situation that's similar, but the other thing that's really similar is that we're all trying to figure out how to live in this new world. You see, that's what the people were trying to work out. How are we meant to live here? I mean, we're in this foreign city. Everything feels so unfamiliar. We don't want to be here. We want to go back to where we were. How on earth are we meant to live in this place? How are we meant to live here? And maybe you're asking yourself that question too. How should I be living in this world of coronavirus? What should I be doing? You see, the people in Babylon, they had lots of options. They could rebel against the authorities. You brought me here to work. Well, I ain't working for you, Babylonians. They could rebel. They could choose to rebel against the authorities. Or they could put their lives on hold. Okay, look, we're here, but we want to go back. So what we're going to do is we're just going to sit here and we're just going to survive this and we're not going to get on with life. We're just going to put life on hold until we get home again that little engaged couple. They're in Babylon and they say, let's just put the wedding off until we're back home. That couple who are thinking about having a child, let's not do that until we're back home, until it goes back, until we go back to the place we're from. That person who's just graduated with their their degree in engineering and they're offered a job in Babylon They said, listen, I'm I'm not going to take that just now. I'm just going to wait until I go back home. You see, I think the biggest temptation for the people in Babylon was that they would just put their lives on hold. That they would just wait until they got back home. They're trying to work out how to live. And what's lovely, what's amazing, what's brilliant is that God sends them a letter God sends them a letter to tell them how to live in this new place. And and you see that in verse one. Have a look there. It says this. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the exiles. So there's a man called Jeremiah. He lives at this time and he is a prophet. And if you're wondering what a prophet is, it's someone who speaks God's words to God's people. He communicates to people on behalf of God. And so Jeremiah, he writes a letter to God's people in exile. But the words that Jeremiah is writing to them, you have to remember this, they're not Jeremiah's words. 
They're God's words. They're the things that God wants to say to his people. If you go home later and read the whole letter, there's an awful lot in it. Too much for one talk. But what I want to do in the rest of the time here is to show you three kind of highlights, three things that God says to the people in Babylon that I think we need to embrace today. I want to show you three things from this letter to the exiles that I think we, as God's people, living in this new world, need to embrace today. Three standout things that God says. And the first thing that God says to the exiles is this. You're not going back anytime soon. You're not going back anytime soon is what God says to the exiles. If you have a look at the verse that comes up on the screen, you'll see what God says. He says, do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They're prophesying lies to you in my name. I've not sent them. You see, what was happening in Babylon, what was happening in this city was that people were standing up and saying, listen, I have a message from God and it's great news. We're all gonna be home in two years' time. Listen, I've got brilliant news. Two years' time, you won't be here anymore. You'll be back in Jerusalem living the life that you had. And the people, they loved hearing this message. It, it sort of, it was what they wanted to hear. But what does God say to them? He says, don't listen to them. He says, that they're, they're prophesying lies in my name. I know you like the sound of what they're saying, but folks, what they're saying isn't true. And then what God does is he tells them how long they're gonna be in Babylon for. Again, look at the screen there. Look what he says. He says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. You're gonna be here for 70 years, God says to the exiles. Some of you in here are 70 think about that. God says to the exiles, you're going to be here for a lifetime, some of you. You're not going back any time soon. Now, maybe you think to yourself, Marty, you know, why did God burst their bubble? You know, could he not have just let them live sort of with this nice expectation that they might be home? Well, no, he couldn't because God is one who always speaks the truth and even if that truth hurts, it's much better to know the truth because the truth, Jesus says, sets us free. And see, what you need to realize here is that God told the people this, that they're not going home to set them free. Do you remember how the people were going to react? They were going to put their lives on hold. Listen, we're going to be back to normal in two years, so let's just put our lives on hold. We're going to be back to the place we were in two years' time, so let's not do anything here. Let's just sit and wait until we get home before we get on with life again. You see, the reason God tells them it's not, they're not going home anytime soon is so that they get on with life. 
It's so that they don't just put the pause button on their life. The reason God says to them, you're not going home anytime soon, is so that they don't stop living. And again, you see that in our passage. Look at verses five and six, which are on the screen. God says, and this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Look what he says, build houses. You were thinking of building a house? Do it. Get on with it. Okay, you're in a different place. But get on with building your house that you're going to build. And settle down. You, you were thinking of maybe asking that girl to marry and settling down and starting a family? Do it. Yes, you're in a different place. Yes, it's going to be different. Do it, though. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. You were thinking about, you know, starting to provide for yourself, getting a wee vegetable patch going. Don't wait until you're back home. It could be a while. Get on with it now. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. You see, the Lord said to his people in exile, I know you long to go home. I know you long to be back there. But you're not going there anytime soon. And while you're here, what I don't want you to do is put your life on hold. I don't want you to stop living. I don't want you to put everything on hold until you get back to the place you used to be. The Bible says that every day is a gift from God. Every day is a gift from Him. And we're to live every day like it's a gift. God doesn't want His people to stop living their life as they wait to go back to Jerusalem. Now, are we going to be in this position for 70 years? I sure hope not. I sure hope not. But you know what the reality is? The reality is that nobody has any idea when we're going back to where we lived. When will face masks be coming off? We do not have a clue. When will the hand sanitizing company stop making a massive profit? We have no idea. We don't know when we're going back. But here's what we do know. In this moment, at this time, with this place that we now live, we now live, we're to live our lives. We're to live our lives. We're not to put our lives on hold, waiting to go back, because do you know why? We could be waiting forever. We could be waiting forever. So yes, of course we need to be safe. Yes, of course we need to take precautions. Yes, of course we need to be wise and not foolish. But folks, we're not to put our lives on hold in this time. We're not to stop living. We're not to stop having relationships. We're not to stop enjoying life. Every day is a gift. That includes the days we live in this place. We're to get on with living. Then God moves on and he says something else to the people in Babylon and he says this. He says, you're to be a blessing in Babylon. Look with me at verse seven. It's on the screen. He says, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. 
Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. See what God's saying? He says, listen, I've told you what you need to do. You need to live your life. You need to get on with living. But don't just think about yourself. Think of this wider city as being somewhere you should bless. Think about the wider good of this big city, Babylon, you now live in. You're to live in such a way that you bless it. This was pretty radical. This is as close as the Old Testament gets to saying love your enemies because the Babylonians had just carried these people into exile. But God says to them, seek this city's peace. Seek this city's prosperity. Pray to the Lord for it. Don't just focus on yourself. Don't just build a life for yourself. But think about the greater good of this city. And again, that's how we're to live today. We're to think about the greater good of society. How can we be a blessing to society? We can wear face masks for a start, we're asked to. But my right, yeah, I know. You don't have to. But would it be good for wider society if you did? Would it help? Would it be a blessing? I think so. We can follow the guidance that's given to keep people safe. As we live in this world, let's not just think about ourselves, but let's be those who really do think about everybody in our society. And let's live in such a way that we're not going to cause harm, but that we're going to do good. And remember that as well. It's interesting, isn't it? God says, if this city prospers, so will you. If we as Northern Ireland prosper, if we do well in dealing with this virus, then it's not just the whole of Northern Ireland that does well, but we do too. We benefit from it as well. Be a blessing in Babylon, God says. And then the third thing God says is this. My plans for you will still be fulfilled. Uh, I know some of your Instagrammers in here, uh, and some of you younger people are on it too, I know that as well, but um, so some of your Instagrammers, the most Instagram Bible verse of all time is Jeremiah 29, 11. Have a look at it, it's on the screen there. God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And what the Instagrammers do is that they read that verse and they think, God is talking to me as an individual. And as an individual, what he's saying there is that he's just got really, really great days ahead for me. And my life is gonna be wonderful and rosy and brilliant. But in the context, that's not what it's saying. Sure, it's not. Because God has just said to the people, listen, you're going to be in exile for 70 years. Life is not going to be rosy all the time. You're always going to long to go home. So what is God saying to them in this passage? Well, what he's saying is that his plan for the nation of Judah is still going to be fulfilled. Now, maybe you're scratching your head. Okay, Marty, sounds a bit complicated. What was the plan for Judah? The plan for Judah was that the Messiah would come from them. 
The plan for Judah was that God's plan for them would be fulfilled and that Jesus Christ would come into the world to save sinners. And what God is saying to this group of God's people now in exile, he's saying to them, listen, you see that plan I had for you as a people? You see that plan I had for you in relation to my work in the world? I'm still going to fulfill it. I'm going to accomplish the plans I had for you. I'm going to do the things that I plan to do through you. This morning, we're gathered here as individuals. But we're gathered here as the church. We're gathered here as Ravenhill Presbyterian Church. We're a church which is under reviewable tenure. We're a church who's been working hard for many years to reach out to this community. We're a church who God has been at work in and it's been exciting to see. And what I want you to know is that as a church, God will still use us exactly how he planned. I have no idea what things are going to look like in the months to come. Some of the activities that we love and have done for years, they might not happen again. Or they might not happen for a long time. The outreach that we've been doing and the way we've been doing it, it might not be possible. I'll be honest, as your minister, there was a point in the past 18 weeks when I was at a place of just going, how is this going to work, Lord? What are we going to do, Lord? Where are we going to go, Lord? I know the plans I have for you, he said to me. I know the plans I have for your church that family to which you belong. Can I ask you as we go forward as a church family to pray? Pray the Lord will lead us. Pray he will guide us. And pray he will fulfill the purpose and the plans he has for us. And pray that we would accept his leading and accept his guidance and trust him to accomplish what he said he wants to. We all feel far from home don't we? This new place we live, we feel far from home. But you know what? Jesus will bring us one day to our ultimate home. This world is not our home. Even before coronavirus, did you not feel like you didn't belong sometimes? We might live the rest of our lives affected by this in some ways but one day we will be home in a place with no sickness, with no virus, with no sadness. And Jesus has done everything to bring us there. As you live with the frustration of this world we now live in, look to Jesus and remember that he one day will take you to be in the new earth where all these frustrations will be gone and will enjoy life in its real fullness. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, every single one of us here this morning would happily return to the place we lived nine months ago. But Father, we can't. We're in exile now. 
We live in this new place of face masks and perspex and hand sanitizer. This new place of social distancing and no touching and constant symptom checking. But Lord, we do give you thanks that life is not awful. We do give you thanks that we can still enjoy every day. We thank you for friends and for family and for purpose. We thank you for community. Lord, even though we're in a different place, help us this morning to remember that it's not an awful place. It's just a different place. And Father, this morning, help us to remember that that COVID-19 doesn't cancel out the commands that the Lord Jesus gives to us to live life to the full, to love our neighbors as ourselves, to be a blessing to the people around us. Lord, help us not to put our lives on hold, but help us to live them to the fullest we can and to live them wholeheartedly for Jesus. And Father, as a church family, help us this morning and in the days ahead to trust that your plans for us will be fulfilled. Lord, help us to discern your will. Help us to know your leading and your guidance. And Lord, would we follow that? Would we follow how you lead us? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.